Hello, health seekers. This is Troy Farwell at Troy Farwell Holistic Health, and this is Get Healthy with Troy Farwell, the podcast. So it's been a little while since the last podcast, and I was taking a spiritual and health retreat and got myself off of social media, got myself off of every facet of the computer as much as possible, and that included my podcast. So I do apologize for taking a break, but sometimes I think it's necessary at the end of a year or whenever you feel like you're getting overwhelmed by uh, the world, uh, sometimes it's nice to kind of do a reset. And I schedule these out, um, and I usually do them at the end of the year. In Michigan, it's kind of a dark gray uh, winter here. And I feel like it's a great time to do inner reflection and take time to like journal. So I've been doing a ton of journaling and early morning meditation and uh, just spending some time reading books that have been sitting around that I may have started but never really finished or I read through but I read through in a haste and never really grasped the concepts that I really wanted to. So I've gone back and have read some amazing books um, and um, that have been very insightful and very helpful in uh, my pursuit of becoming a better, um, more balanced uh, individual and becoming the best version of myself. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to kind of do this. And I don't follow the normal process at all of what you're supposed to do in life. Um, so if you're looking for me to be that guy for you, to help you uh, do the normal things uh, that will get you to uh, normal success, then you could probably just, you know, find a different podcast to listen to because it's not this one. Um, I just don't, uh, I don't follow the rules. I'm kind of a rule breaker in a lot of ways. Um, a nomad in some ways, a rebel in another way, and a, um, a recluse sometimes at other times, uh, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a, you know, I was always the kid in school that questioned everything. I got thrown out of catechism when I was in, uh, I don't know, maybe about eight or nine years old, maybe 10, maybe it was more around 10. I got uh, thrown out because I kept questioning the deacon and uh, he didn't like it, you know, and I would question him on all kinds of things. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I remember several times I had to be sitting outside when my mom came and picked me up. And then eventually they just told me not to come back, basically. They didn't say it in those words, but, you know, if he can't follow their rules, um, then, um, you know, don't have him come back. And when I remember sitting down with the priest, the priest was actually a really cool dude. Um, I used to mow his lawn. I, I, I really liked this guy. He was very real. Um, he had a good heart and I, and I liked him and respected him a lot. The deacon I thought was kind of an asshole, a pompous, um, dude who would have always throw out Bible quotes and stuff. And yet he was just nowhere close to being anything, um, remotely interesting or a good person. So I didn't have a lot of respect for him. So anyways, um, I remember sitting down and they said, um, listen, he has to follow the rules or he's got to go. And I said, well, 
you know, those rules aren't my rules. And at that point, I knew that I was in probably a little bit of trouble with my mom and with probably my journey in life because I, I just wasn't going to follow the normal rules. Like, I don't buy into a whole bunch of almost everything, our culture, our society, the way that we structure things, how we value things, what we find important, what we don't find important, what we find success and how we define success. Um, you know, religion, politics, you know, it's, you name it, you know, I've always struggled with following in suit with everyone else. I don't seek it out. You know, I find some people seek it out. I'm kind of the quiet, uh, rebel, you know, just kind of in the back who doesn't say much and just says, ah, this is all a bunch of bullshit and keeps it to myself. Um, I don't need to make a spectacle of my opinions and, and, you know, I don't even know if my podcast will ever be successful because I'm not going to sit there and, and try to say something that shocks people or, and I don't really give a shit personally. I don't care if it's successful or not. Um, again, another one of my things that I don't care. I simply wake up in the morning and could care less if, you know, numbers do this or do that. It makes it difficult sometimes um, because our s system in our America and around the world and our culture is very, um, you know, they want you to play by the rules. And if you play by the rules, you can have a nice house in the suburbs and nice cars. And that's just not me. I just don't, I, I just don't see that um, as success or interesting. And most of the people that I do, not all, I, not all, but I've met so many people in the, <laughs> over the years that have that and they're not happy and they're not very evolved and, I don't want to be them. I don't want to be anything close to them. I don't find them interesting. You know, I'm nice to them. I'm not going to be fake about it, but I'm, you know, I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I just don't find that their life is really all that fantastic. Here it is in a nutshell. Uh, you know, when you do these self reflections, you kind of, you kind of find out what's value, what's of value to you, and that's like inner peace, health a few good relationships, being honest with yourself about who you are, what you're able to do, knowing your limitations, what you're capable of. And, um, you know, like I'm never going to run under four minutes in the mile. It's just my body was never going to do that. So you have to know these limitations, but I maybe want to run, you know, or I want to do this. It doesn't mean that. So you have to kind of know these limitations but that finding an inner peace, getting in that health, relationships, um, you know, and in living and growing, you know, and becoming a better person and seeking that out, not necessarily with a purpose. Like, I don't wake up like the Taoists kind of said, let things happen. And and I, I struggle with that sometimes. It's not an easy thing to deal with because our culture is so like, gotta go out there and grab it you gotta you know and, and there's a part of that like yeah yeah I mean if you're interested in sports or a career or stuff like that but inner peace doesn't come that way that what I have seen inner peace and health don't necessarily do that I mean it, it kind of just like you allow things to run through you you just you don't attach yourself to things you you don't get all worked up over everything you kind of like separate yourself you kind of find that place of in between the mind and um, the breath and that space in between creates that inner harmony. So I think that um, it's, it's, it's this 
back and forth battle that you sometimes will have to have and keep you um, in check. Because sometimes I'm like, I, I want to do more, I want to do more. And then I just sit there and go, by doing less is more. It's an old Ayurvedic proverb. And that's a tough one for us. And somebody who's very aware of it, like myself, and constantly reading on it and writing on it and journaling on it. And I still struggle with it, you know, because I'm just, we're just so wired to do that. But in all reality, when it's, when you're all said and done, is like, what purpose was your life? Did you have any meaningful purpose on this planet? And, you know, the tough question there is, you know, this is, this is a tough question for people. People don't want to hear it. Um, you know, when you do these deep reflections and you, you spend some time, I want to have a life. My grandfather wasn't the brightest of guys in the world, but he gave me a few really good concepts. You can get, you can get great philosophy and great insights from, from almost anywhere. If you just have to be open to it and not have a stigma about the person that it's coming from. And my grandfather and I always didn't get along all that great, but I had a lot of respect for him is that he had a huge heart. He'd give you the shirt off his back. I mean, like if somebody would need it, he'd give it to you. Um, he was real in that sense, a hundred percent, not fake at all. Uh, but he's like, you know, give more than you take. That was his life, life philosophy. About a fifth grade education, but he was successful in finding that, you know, he had a little business, he ran it, he got to travel. Um, he did hold a lot of resentment, which was his problem, but you know, he didn't give a lot, man. He gave a lot for what he had. He didn't have a lot of money. That's for sure. But man, he gave a lot. He was always giving, 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 giving. If people needed stuff, he would do it. And, um, that was just a beautiful, beautiful person to be around when he did that. And I was, I thought that was great. So that, that philosophy, give more than you take. How many of you are doing that? Very few people want, want, want more, 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 take more, you know, they, they take on more pollution. They take on more plastic. They eat more shit. They, they don't think about, you know, um, the inconvenience of food and agriculture and their, um, their life in general. Um, so it's, um, you know, you, you need to question some of this stuff. You can't just like, oh, I like that, so I'm going to do it. You know, you have to say, you know, is this, uh, is this, um, am I giving more than taking? I mean, if you're, if you want to live a completely hedonistic life and just go through and do whatever you want and stuff like that, my dad did that. He was a miserable bastard. He did whatever he wanted whenever he wanted and had like no rules he followed. I mean, the guy followed no rules. Um, I liked some of the things that he did with that because he just like he did whatever the hell he wanted. But he was a sociopath. He was a uh, narcissist. He he lived in his own world. He 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 just and he kept seeking things and never was able to be happy with anything that was in front of him. He was always wanting one more. I want to make more money. I want to have more things. I want to do more of this. I want and that's just uh, you know it's a it's a it's a dark place to be. And when you see. The majority of Americans in our culture rewarding people with, you know, they feel like it's a reward by having these big homes and cars and and stuff like that. That they, um, but it's it's creating a bunch of monsters. And um, I think that we should be honoring people who give back and that ha and with with expect nothing. My f 
grandfather never wanted a damn thing from anybody. Not a damn thing. He could care less if somebody gave him something or not. Um, he wasn't expecting. He just, if somebody needed a, he used to fix vacuums and he was a vacuum repair guy and had a little vacuum shop in Michigan here. And, uh, you know, they needed a vacuum. He'd just give it to them. He'd go over and find an old vacuum. Somebody needed one. He'd go and bring it over to their house and put a bow on it. And, you know, and here you go. And it, you didn't have the money for it or, you know, they put it in a, a like a layaway thing and they were coming in and paying, it's a hundred dollar, uh, vacuum in a shop and they're, you know, making $10 payments, you know, and, you know, he would say, take it home and, you know, use it and, um, you know, pay me when you can. Um, and, you know, in this day and age, people are like, well, are they going to screw you? That's on their, that's on them. I mean, you can't do it with every single person, but you just have to make that, you know, decision every so often to do that. And then he would do food and um, cars. He would he would help people fix their cars. He would fix their sewing machines. He would fix their plumbing. He would make signs for them. He would help them with their you know garage door. I mean like he, I mean whatever it was. I mean if there somebody needed something, he'd like you know pop over and just fix it, leave, wouldn't even think of you know. And I just thought that was really cool. So give more than what you take, you know. So at this time, I think it's important to start out 2021 with a a, um, a shift in consciousness, a shift in values and, and, and how you live your and structure your life. And I, I think that, you know, this Get Healthy with Troy Farwell podcast has shifted because to be honest with you, like, yeah, I'm a doctor of natural medicine. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. I'm a master herbalist. I have all these great credentials. But that's really, you know, secondary, you know, most of the time that people are um, really struggling, it's struggling in, in their spiritual self. They're just a train wreck, you know, when they're coming and seeing me doing consultations. It's, it's you know, I can't even get them to eat properly because they're spiritually inept. Here's an example. You know, somebody will come in and they may have all kinds of health and digestive issues and they're, they're following some diet that some personal trainer may have given them. I like to pick on trainers sometimes, even though I'm been certified as a personal trainer for years. But I sometimes I think that they uh, their values and their understanding of health is a little bit skewed. But um, you know, they come in and they're like, you know, my goal is to get jacked or you know, like super lean, and you know, and I'm like, well, hold on, this isn't working for your body type. They didn't take that into consideration, and you're eating way too much fat, and then you have you don't have a gallbladder, and that's not going to work. You're going to have problems, you know, processing and, you know, and so I started explaining that to them. They're like, no, this, this trainer, you know, and I'm like, well, I think a doctor of natural medicine should probably have a little bit more say in their diet than maybe somebody who's a personal trainer, but whatever, you know, so they, um, they get all hyped up with the guy or the woman who's jacked up and looks awesome and tan and got nice bright teeth. And I'm stereotyping a little bit here, but you know, you get the picture and you know, it's one of those things that these people who, you know, they, they think that that's healthy. They think that that's a healthy way to go. And in all reality, it's not. It's not It's not healthy. There's nothing healthy about it. And, you know, having conversations about their values, you know, and what makes them tick. And they put up this, this short-term goal of getting 
you know, jacked and, and ripped and all whatever words they use. And then you start digging in there and you start finding out, you know, the insecurities and, you know, the, uh, you know, the divorce that is, a, a, you know, that might be, there might be going through and the revenge and, and, you know, they think that once they get, you know, in this new state of fitness that they're going to be in a, you know, better place. They're going to be healthier, better, and and every every facet. And the reality is that just, that isn't true. It's just simply not going to happen like that. And um, so we start digging in, like, hey, what makes you happy? What's what's your purpose on life? And they they struggle. Um, they struggle with trying to answer that. And when they struggle like that, they um, they they get exposed, just like you are to the sun. And they get burned, and, and they either have one or two reactions. They either don't like that feeling, or they um, they want to um, they want to explore more. They want to figure things out a little bit more. And then you have a you know a cons- consultation with them that actually is productive. But the majority of the time, I have to spend days if not weeks if not months if not even years with a few of these clients to get their mindset right and and into a place of of purpose of finding inner peace is really the goal not getting jacked because you can be jacked all day long and then you're going to have to you know make your it's it's kind of ego building and it's not really necessarily the right direction for a lot of people to go in so anyways the the point is, is like this podcast of Troy Fire Holistic Health or my consultation and Get Healthy with Troy Fire was really supposed to be me kind of giving you some insights on health topics. But ultimately, you know, I think it's going to have to change because I think that our culture's changed and we need to maybe adjust. And I've never had a problem with looking at the situation in front of me and saying, you know, this isn't quite working and it's probably time to make an adjustment. I did that when I owned, you know, health food stores and wellness centers and my private practice and, and, you know, and everything else in my life. So being malleable and, uh, you know, being able to adapt is very, very vital. And it's maybe why I like so many adaptogenic herbs, but um, I think it's really, really important that, I recognize that this podcast is is heading in a different direction. I mean, I went back and looked at some of my podcasts and I'm like, well, they're really not that much focused on the health stuff that I was thinking about, like, you know, women's hormones and how to, you know, here's five herbs that work good for thyroid condition. And, you know, here's something that we can do for gout and here's something that we can do for IBS and here's something we can do for colitis and here's something that we can do for you know I you know there's like 10,000 people that have an opinion on that and some of them I agree and some of them I'm not and I'm not in the I don't know the state of mind or the not really willing to debate people on this anymore you know I know what works for me I've got 25 years experience I know that you know when you can give the same protocol to somebody for 20 years and it's worked 90% of the time, I'm probably going to stick to that and make adjustments if, if need be, but I'm always willing to make adjustments. But the adjustment that I'm making now is that get healthy with Troy Farwell is going to take a, a back seat. We're going to change this podcast to 
more of a conversations with a Taoist. It will be the name. And I really struggle with the idea of calling myself a Taoist. But my son and I uh, do a lot of, he's 17 and he's just brilliant at reflection as a 17 year old. He's a spiritual teacher um, that is well far, way beyond myself. And, and I learn from him every day. He's just brilliant. And I don't know, you know, I'm blessed to have him around. Um, like I am with all my kids, but as far as his insights are remarkable. And we were on one of our walks in freezing cold winter at night. And he's like, dad, you're, cause he does a lot of the intro stuff and he kind of like helps me with my podcast. It's just kind of like a father son bonding thing. And he, uh, he's like, nah, man. He's like, dad, you're, you're, you should have the more conversations as a Taoist talk about different topics that are going on in the world from politics to health to, and, and just do it from a more of a Taoist, more maybe of a stoic perspective. And so like my philosophy in life has evolved. You know, I was like mentioning early on that I was born and raised as a Catholic. I had a, a mom who wasn't very educated, a grandfather that didn't value education too much. So, um, I was a pretty decent athlete. So I kind of focused my energy on sports. And as I've gotten, as I was getting older, I was very intrigued on like how to get better at sports. So I started looking at, you know, different avenues of training and food and supplements and things like that. And then, um, I don't know, somewhere in maybe about 16, 17 years old, I started reading, um, some Alan Watts. I was doing Henry David Thoreau and Emerson before that. So that, that philosophy, that school of thought was kind of the first insights. And then I kind of moved myself into Alan Watts. And then that brought me into, this is like in the eighties, um, into some Buddhism, some Zen. Then I started going to Zen centers when I was 17 and 18 years old. And then I moved myself into the Tibetan um, Buddhism. And I stayed there for many, many, many years, did many, many retreats, um, a few Zen retreats. But I was really, really involved in, um, you know, the T Tibetan Buddhist philosophy. And there was a couple of schools within that that I was really involved with don't really want to mention them now um, um, some of them were really great they brought me out to they brought me to a place where I really understood but a couple of them was I don't know the the teacher that I had was uh, not as great of a guy as I wanted him to be so I put a lot of stock in him to be something that he just wasn't but the message that he did teach was quite remarkable. So I struggled with that. And that kind of led me away from Tibetan Buddhism, not because of the philosophy itself, just because of one of the teachers um, that, you know, really kind of got me. So then I was into uh, studying Ayurvedic medicine. That brought me, of course, into more of the yogic principles and Vedante and... Uh, 
then I started following a lot of, and I was doing in college, I was following a little bit of, of Yogananda and Lahiri and, you know, and the, the self-realization um, group and that lineage for sure. And I got very connected to that through college and then it kind of went away for a bit, but I was always, I always kept autobiography of a yogi with me wherever I went. If I had like a couple of books, it was a couple of Buddhist books. And then it was that, that book. And I just like picking up and reading. I always got insights and it always made me feel good. So I just kept it around. And then I went to, uh, from there into more, uh, with the Alan Watts, I was doing a little bit of Taoist stuff and, but I didn't have a lot of outs. You know, I was in Michigan. I was in a conservative community. No great insights to these places. I'd go down to Ann Arbor every so often to Zen centers and Tibetan Buddhist centers. And when I traveled, I would stop in the different places. But it was a real empty vessel in the state um, for outlets at all. You know, there was no internet. There was hard to to get people. So I was just doing a ton, a ton of reading. And it's really hard to decipher, you know, one school of thought from the next. I'm trying to figure out which one's, you know, better. Am I going to miss out on one form of Buddhism than another if I don't, you know, get on, follow it properly or whatever. So anyways, the uh, long and short of it is that I spent a long time um, researching, um, you know, doing a lot of work in a lot of different departments throughout the spiritual world, uh, the spiritual marketplace, <laughs> I would call. Um, there was um, a teacher that that I did a Cree initiation from who would uh, use that phrase. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, Shimbindu is his name and there is his name and um, he teaches a really great form of Kriya from Master Lahiri um, Mahasaya, which is actually my spiritual master. And he um, would always mention, you know, the spiritual marketplace is full, you know, and uh, there's um, and there's a lot of people out there seeking. And so there's going to be a big marketplace, you know, people are looking. So there's a lot of goofy stuff out there. And, but, you know, what I've found is a, a handful of things that work for me. So what I wanted to be able to do is be able to utilize that philosophy uh, background in Taoism, Buddhism. And then more recently in the last like four or five years, I've really gotten back into Stoicism. I, I dealt with it a little bit in college, felt that it was very interesting, but there's only a handful of books that I could read on it and wasn't, you know, it was always looked at as like this drab, dark, you know, you know, um, you know, philosophy, you know, and you know, you talk to other students of philosophy and they're like, oh my God, you're a Stoic. That's a, you know, you're, you know, memento morum. I mean, that's, uh, you know, be comfortable with your death. You know, it's upon you and, you know, it's, um, think about it and, you know, and think negative things and shitty things that are going to happen to you throughout the day. And, and then you won't be surprised and you won't be disappointed. And there it's, it's, you know, that was what I learned early on. It's, it's obviously not that it's much beyond that. And it's not a complete philosophy in many ways, but there's some great, great philosophy within it that you can grab onto. And 
so anyways the point is is that uh, the 2021 is going to be a little bit different we're going to make some changes um i'm coming out of this spiritual retreat that i've done this uh, health retreat which has been good i'm still on the health retreat still on the spiritual retreat but i'm just kind of coming out of it into the into more of uh the openness i guess to do podcasts but i'm still deeply involved in it and it's recentered me a lot and i'm super excited about the dedication that i rekindled in myself and i would like to be able to share some of those stories and of how i've done that and and ways that you guys can maybe tap into that and we can take some conversations that are in the news or just whatever that pops up and like i said the podcast will be changed to a conversation with a taoist and the, the next podcast will be uh, labeled as that so if you like what you hear uh, please pass it on if not it's all good so many blessings take care of yourself